0: Welcome, everybody, to a special summer reading season edition of Front Page Pass. Um, I'm Bob Yaling from Word Journeys Literary Services, and alongside me is my sidekick and co host of the show, <laughs> Alexa Black. And today we have a special guest who's really not a guest because he's the man that makes this show happen, Absolutely. and that's our producer, Trevor Faith. Hi. We'll so, be
1: speaking with him later. Yes, we that will. Too, yeah,
0: because so. it's it's he's done some remarkable things already in our in our short little run so far. wants
1: he us
0: just make the magic happen here. So that's right. Um, but first, uh, sadly, we have some sad news to report. Um, the, the writing community, and particularly the Southern California writing community, lost one of its greatest champions early this morning. Um, Darlene Quinn was an editor, a writer, an author. Um, and a mentor to so many of us, myself included. I've known Darlene for about 12 years, and I, she helped me so much when I was editing people's projects, but also just uh, just really wise woman on how to be um, a good writer and how to build a writing career. She's helped, she's helped so many of us. I mean, all the authors, many of the authors in San Diego and Los Angeles counties in the past 20 years have benefited from her example. A few people I can name off really quick are Ten-time uh, Amazon number one best-selling children's book author Sherry Fink, um, editor extraordinaire Matthew Palomari, uh, the publisher of Acorn Publishing, which who, who published Chris Rydell's book Blood Money, um, Holly Camier. We have all we have all we're all proteges of Darlene, and um, it was really sad news that we just we found out literally right before we went on the air. Um, so. Our greatest condolences and sympathies to Darlene's family, Absolutely. and um, yeah. we've lost a giant. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, it's quite de- the legacy de- by yeah, her. and it's definitely upsetting, and mm-hmm. um, you know. But I just wanted to give a shout out to Darlene, and, and just and just great, so grateful and appreciative for everything she's done, not mm-hmm. only for writers all over Southern California and the nation, mm-hmm. but you know, for me specifically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, um, well, summer reading season is here, and that's exciting because unlike last year, we all get to be free and out in society now. So (laughs) now we're going to get to, instead of reading our summer books at home um, or in our backyards, we're going to be getting to read them at the beach, at lakes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, wherever we go to have summer fun in the park.
1: Yeah, possibilities are endless at this point. That's right. right.
0: And it's going to be a watershed summer for summer reading because... um, um i mean book sales are already through the roof yeah. they've gone, they're up they're up double digit percentage from last mm. year at this time of the year and um so along with that publishers are offering the most diverse and comprehensive collection of summer reading oh, books and so years yeah yes, and you know of course you know i'd be i'd be remiss being an author and an editor and and uh coach writing coach and stuff if I didn't have one going on too so what I'm reading this summer is Tanahisi Coates's Coates the water dancer which is an incredible award-winning book about a young uh a young boy whose um whose mother is sold slave sold when he's when he's very young and but but she gifts him with this, these magical powers and um those powers save his life, and then he ends up becoming a slave, you know, because he's a slave. And then it turns out his natural father is a plantation owner, so he's mixed race. Right. Um, and then he moves from slave quarters up to the main plantation house. That sets the story in place, and then it's just this incredible journey to freedom, to utopian communities, and so forth. Um, it's amazing it's an amazing read and in the spirit of the season I, I got i cranked out the first pages of it while sitting you know at a nearby lake the other <laughs> yeah. day yeah exactly so I would I say s-
1: essentially a historical fiction with a ton of the magical realism yeah, the exactly. elements to it you know
0: yeah so it, it has it definitely has its seri- yeah. it's it's a serious book in a way but it's also part of what makes summer reading so fun we can dive into it it's escapist in its own way. Yeah, exactly. Um, no,
2: no, it, I've never heard of that combination before—magical like ma- magical and historical in one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, That's Brandon. Interesting.
2: Brandon Pilcher's
0: book. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. True, true. History, true. Yeah, yeah. Magical That's realism. Yeah, magical realism can be used both in current day books, but right. also in a lot of historical stuff. Because I remember, true. I remember I edited a book by Laurel Hill um, a couple of um, years ago in California mm. that was about it was about the. Uh, the late 19th century in California, where some magical realism was involved. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, um, yeah. I apologize for the cell
1: phone interruption. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: we're we're busy here. Um, So, but right behind the summer reading is a lot, there's going to be a lot of summer live readings. For instance, I know in Hollywood Mm -hmm. in three weeks, there's going to be the Beach Book Fest, which I was a part of for Its first two re- seasons, and oh, I, really? That's- yeah, and I believe uh, I think they've got about 15 authors, some of them best selling authors lined up. And it's really cool because it's a large tea house called Tea Pop in, in North Hollywood, and it's in the back area, there's room for about 100 people, mm-hmm. and you just get up and read, and it's just awesome. Yeah. Well, nice. guess what? The whole summer is going to be that way mm-hmm. in, for, in book world, just like it is nice. in regular society. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and if if that doesn't illustrate how um, how much society's been just itching to open up, you know. Maybe yeah. We'll yeah. Us, so.
0: Yeah, and then of course along comes with that. It's a book festivals and conferences are coming I was back. Bring that up, <laughs> yes,
1: because I've talked about that quite a few times. So there's going to be quite a bit in store for our journeys as far as just us traveling and you know doing a podcast from yeah. right there and everything else. So right. a lot of opportunities.
2: And we've mentioned uh, either a live show or possibly a vlog that will come out of those <laughs> amazing conferences like like as well, and either or. It's gonna be awesome. It is. Yeah. So keep up
0: with us. That's right. So, um, what I'd like to do before we I, I turn it over to um, Alexa is kind of give you a, to give everybody a, from the this is the Chicago Tribune's list of some of the best summer reads to look forward to. Now, some of these books have been published already. Mm-hmm. Others are coming out now. Um, but I'll just give you a few examples: uh, "The Man Who Ate Too Much," "The Life of James Beard," the great TV chef. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the best poetry title for the summer right now is Black Girl Call Home by Jasmine Manns. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the autobiography they're touting, which is no surprise, is Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Yes, of course. It's an incredible book, and, and well, in this book, you know, a lot of times when, when uh, actors and celebrities write about their lives, they tend to gloss over some of the dark stuff, and mm-hmm. then they, yeah. they focus on either their careers or what have you. He go. He starts off with page one, mm-hmm. the way from his upbringing. Yes, that's
1: what I
2: had read. Yeah,
0: um, a few of the other books um, are on Juneteenth by Annette Gordon Reed, Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro, um, The Guest List by Lucy Foley, The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abidare, uh, Dragon Hoops by Jean Lin, Jean Luang Yang, which is a great graphic novel. I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the best children's book that's being touted, The Wonderful Things You Will Be, by Emily Winfield Martin. And, um, and I just say that, you know, it's always important with children's books because, you know, the children's summer reading programs are getting ready to start up in the libraries. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and parents, you know, I just read something the other day, I was just sharing before the show, where um, studies have been done where if, if parents read one book a day to their kids from ages two to five, when that kid is an adult, their average their average uh, working vocabulary is up to fifty thousand words more mm. than than kids that are not oh, read a to. Oh, substantial
1: difference! And I That's think a- it's
0: for two reasons. I think Dang. it develops a lifelong love of reading, and I can speak from firsthand on this because my mother my mother read to me religiously from the time I was one until I started reading. Mm-hmm. when I was four, and. Um, you know, and look what's happened, I mean, I, I, draw, I draw a straight line on this exactly. one, and, uh, and then the other thing too, it's like, what, what incredible bonding moment between parents and children, you know, so, um, so with that, I'm going to turn it over to you.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. Bob was going to ask me what my summer read was, which I don't know if you can actually consider it to be one, but what I'm currently reading right now is uh, How to Think Like a Roman Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> the stoic philosophy of Marcus Aurelius. So I wanted to emphasize...
0: Are you considering that we're going to be your subjects?
1: No, no, oh, okay. that's what that's what I'm getting <laughs> at here. I wouldn't say any Roman emperor, considering uh, you know how tyrannical some of them were. But yeah. as we all know Marcus Aurelius was a really uh, philosophical man. He you know engaged in uh, Stoicism and has some wisdom in this book in particular that you know can be applied to today. And the author Donald Robertson does an excellent job because he takes a lot of uh, the stories from Marcus Aurelius. Takes a lot of stories and philosophies that he has, and he kind of elaborates on them, and really just um, expands on them in a way that can be applied to uh, modern day. And honestly, in my opinion, that book in particular—I don't care what you know what your religion is, what your philosophy is—there's something that you can read in that book and take away from it. And right. Mar- Marcus Aurelius is teaching, so. But yeah, the, through the title out there, I wanted to emphasize not just any Roman emperor, but you know. That's right, Satisfied. the best of them. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> it's a nice little self-help book, I suppose. But anyways.
0: Okay. So and, and now there of course go. and now of course um, <laughs> we'd like to we'd like to chat with our producer for a few yep. minutes and uh, kind of put him on the spot and ask a few cool. questions. You just you know, some it's you... time.
2: Let's get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Trevor, you could tell us a bit of background yourself, yourself, um, how you kind of got into the the podcast world, I suppose, and. Um, maybe elaborate a bit on kind of your personal projects that you've done over the years and kind of what helped you build, uh, you know, become tech savvy, so to speak.
2: Right, uh, back in high school, I, uh, I, 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 I I was always into just photography, like, at the beach or something, but, um, my coach, whenever I played basketball for, like, in high school, he asked me, like, if I wanted to be, uh, to film the games. Mm -hmm. Because at the time in senior year, I, uh, not to get too deep like into this, but I hurt my shoulder bad, and my what career I did have in basketball was over. And so I said, hey, I'm not, I don't want to leave the team and my friends, but I do want to still be here, so what if I film the game? Yeah. And so I'd go high up in the bleachers and point the camera down, and it was boring, to be honest, because I was literally just doing this for two hours straight. <laughs> paying back and then I'm like I get the experience is cool but the it, it, that job in and of itself was not the coolest but just being able to capture and then seeing my team's faces like after the like mm-hmm. like after the fact of going that was cool that was cool I, like I did that mm-hmm. that gave me like, like like inspiration to be like if this is how people feel, seeing this on screen, I wonder if I could do the same thing with my interests. So, when high school got out, me and my cousin, uh, not you, but another cousin, yes. <laughs> uh, she is a paranormal investigator l- l- like me, and we would actually go up to a cemetery that is relatively n- n- close, and we would just do short film after short film. Of course, not all of them made it out to the, the, the public, but... After years and years of that, I realized that, like, I want to make content, but not in, like, I, I want to make content, but not take months to make a single short film. So then, years after years, like, after years, I created a channel on, on YouTube, and six years later, I've gotten over a thousand subs, and I'm, I actually have my own podcast now, but that's a different thing, and just... If I hadn't of had the accident in Haskell where I tore my shoulder. And, you wouldn't have gotten into filming.
1: I, yeah. The technical aspects of yeah.
2: it. I, I honestly don't think sure. I, I, I I would have touched a camera. Mm-hmm.
1: And, well,
2: like, if, if, if I mean totally honest, yeah. like, if I would have not hurt my shoulder, I would have kept up with b- 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 basketball. I probably would have went to college for my dad my mom tried to mm-hmm. put... Put me into it. And I would have been totally in a different place. And mm-hmm. Trevor's also filmed but, a
1: lot of live shows on my daddy's. So yes, done, you know different concerts and things to that extent. Her oh, concerts. Yeah, that one too. Her- <laughs> yeah, he's done that. Yes. And he's also worked for a pretty big news organization, Pax and Media. So yes. He's done, he's done quite a bit over the years. Indeed. And he ended up getting involved with us, and um. Thank yeah. and once That's again,
2: th- thanks to her, mm-hmm. thanks he's to you. Welcome.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we're glad to have you.
2: Thank you. So, what
0: are what are um. Uh... <laughs> You know, what are some of the things when when we're doing the podcast and so forth? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you feel make um, make
2: podcasts really compelling and sticky? Um, but basically, w- one thing that I genuinely dislike about a lot of podcasts that are out there, which I like, I was hoping that you didn't want to go down the same road, and, and like, you didn't. Was a lot of podcasts out like out there have. A thousand transitions yes a lot of lower thirds and titles I'm like if you're gonna put so much words on screen and visual effects on screen it's not a podcast it's a movie Mm -hmm. and then that's when I like after the first or second like episode I I was like conversational layout conversational and Mm -hmm. that's what happened and then that's just where you can listen like you feel like you're at home Mm -hmm. it's like your friends are talking to you about this information that you want to hear Mm -hmm. and then that slowly turns, and then the more comfortable it is to listen to, the farther it'll go. Absolutely. And so, in the future, like, if this becomes, like, we're, we're eventually going to be looking for sponsors and getting our name, like, out there, mm-hmm. like, even more, going to conferences, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be, like, cocky about it or get a big head, <laughs> okay. but I kind of want to be the, the staple of a literary podcast. Yeah, that's The, right. the, the podcast. Well, that's our goal, too, okay. so. Because not only do I want to focus on podcasts, but... We're going to be working on this soon and going to build up to even f- further, but shorts, vlogs, live streams. Exactly. Like we're g- we're going to turn from a podcast to a media branch, mm-hmm. right? And that's going to be awesome.
1: And fun fact too, Trevor also kind of helped influence our transition because we did film a few practice episodes yes. beforehand, and we started out like with more of a talk show format, and then co- Trevor mentioned you know make it more conversational, yeah. so it's kind of comfortable. And uh, like I think it's really done well. So like far. a lot our of our guests also.
2: A lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, I I can't name one specifically, because to to be honest, I'm busy. I don't have time to sit down for an hour and watch a lot of podcasts. But I've seen a lot in the past where they will literally, and I don't know this for for a fact, like, sent to me, but it's obvious that they have a script practiced in their head. They never look down, like, at a piece of paper once. They never reference anything. They know what they're going to say. They say it. They they look like they're happy and in conversation, and then it ends, and you know it's scripted. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to load down like at a piece of paper and shuffle some papers around and go like, oh, so I forgot. Do you know what this is in reference things like can it? it, it like it, 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 it's a conversation, not a talk show. Okay? Yeah, and I want to digress
0: slightly from that and to, and to writers that are getting ready to do live signings. This is a really good point because at a live signing, you know, it's it's one you can sit there and you can you can read for two minutes and. Take questions, or you can read from two minutes, and read from prepared notes, yeah. like you said. But that, but that doesn't make the signing dramatic or uh, dynamic. What makes yes. the signing dynamic yep. is when you regu- routinely engage the audience. Um, like I know one of my pet peeves, um, when I, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a multiple multiple published poet as well. Right. One of my pet peeves of going to poetry readings is that the poet, the poets. Very often will not tell you any backstory of their poem. They just want it to be this misto thing. Right. Mm-hmm. if you don't have any, if you don't have any backstory context, then some of the some of the metaphors and, and things they use, mm-hmm. um, and and some of the, the colorful language you just can't get. Thanks. So yeah. I think. But if you sit there in your if you sit there in your poetry reading or your regular reading, mm-hmm. if you if you give a little backstory, yeah. tell us a little bit about what came into that book. Or what, or that story, or that poem? Mm-hmm. If you do that, then it immediately engages the audience, mm-hmm. and the chances of you selling your book just went up dramatically. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, and that's exactly the feel that we've wanted to bring to front page mm-hmm. past yes. You've been able to convert for us as our producer. Thank you. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say before we go move on is. Um, uh, I love some of the effects you're doing, but one thing is just blowing me away is what <laughs> one of the things we do, of course, when we're getting ready to do an ep- to air an episode is we do a lot of social media prep. So with our show last week with uh, Blood Money author Chris Riddell, um, I love that effect you did where you've got us on one screen, him yes. on the other. The name of the the book, the book cover in the middle, mm-hmm. um, and the cool blue background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The letters. It's, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it says a lot about you as a producer, mm-hmm. but it also speaks to how important it is to be able to be spontaneous and creative, yeah. even though you are working to a set format.
2: Yes. Um, one thing I, I I I took inspiration from uh, one, one of the podcasts that I still listen to to the the, the day is a uh, uh, can I can I, can, I, can I say the name of the podcast that has yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, the Courage and Nate Nate N- N- Shot Show. It's a gaming pop podcast, and their whole de- design is black in the the background, and and other than that, it's just scribbles. They're, like the the, uh, the the graphics behind their cameras don't mean nothing. It's just scribbles. And then I I I'm like so, so, something that makes. Like, no sense to their show makes their show look so good. So, I'm like, what if I put something in the back of ours that's subtle, mm-hmm. but actually makes sense? So, I, I don't know which of you made the web, the website for for us, but if you go to the the main site, how the letters are just, like, going in and out, like, in the background. I, the website, I took that. I, I took the background. Cool, so, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, there's not really much, like, it's a little... I, the graphical design of it i wanted to make it pop but not overburden mm-hmm. and i think that i works. did a good job you uh, see? You yeah. <laughs> thank so you with uh,
0: it, well um well thanks for giving us some of this in, this insight no and, problem. Um, and obviously you'll be chiming in the rest yeah. of the show because you're going to sit with us which is great so thank you um and with that uh thanks again trevor it's, it's, it's really, no problem it's, really yeah. it's really neat that we um, get to hear a little bit from you, and, yeah. and um, so i thinking
1: about doing that some more. Also, kind of behind behind the scenes. Oh yes, because we, yes. we have, the rest we have, of our team also. So. That's right. So we're expecting
0: that. Yep, yeah, expect that as the summer goes on. Okay, thank you. All right, so in our shop, we've been really busy. <laughs> um, I think that's an understatement not almost. only that, not only that, we're we're doing our own Herculean effort to add to the summer reading list, okay. um, and and so you know, like right yeah. now, for summer readers are just now getting their hands on Brandon Pilcher's book, Priestess of the Lost Colony, which is right here, and um, and yeah, and 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 that's been out for a few weeks. Um, it's, yeah, it, he was a
1: recent guest on our podcast. He's an author and illustrator, and I helped him design the cover um, with his illustrations. It was an absolute blast, and he's such a joy to talk to. And his book in particular, it's um, a pretty adventurous tale set in ancient Greece and categorized as kind of an alternate history sort of thing, kind of what we were referencing right. earlier. Right,
0: so. and, and I want to mention, too, that um, mm-hmm. you know our podcast is available on nine different platforms, and you can get past mm-hmm. podcasts as well as on our website. The links are on our website. Yep wordjourneysliterary.com, so you can see some of these authors we're referencing we've already had on our show. So you can so that people can go mm-hmm. on and and, um, and check out these podcasts. the the other the other summer read, although it's not a read, it's an audiobook, is Blood Money. Chris mm-hmm. Chris Rydell, the book Blood Money, which was an Amazon bestseller uh, last fall and winter. Has just dropped as an audiobook, mm-hmm. and yep. it is fantastic. Um, they got a uh, Chris has a Broadway actor um, mm-hmm. reading, doing the voiceover, doing the read, and it's just wonderful. And we and and he it, even
1: uses different accents for right. for particular people that are in the book. Yeah. I think he uses a Southern accent for an attorney, I believe that yes, Chris said. So correct. it's it's excellent. Yeah,
0: yeah, and for those who saw last week's uh, last week's episode, that the, that the out. intro the three or four minute intro that led into the main part of the show and the interview with Chris. Well that was that was part of the audiobook read.
1: And then by Ken Kebo, you should mention.
0: Yes, and, 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 and the and the and that was all put together by Ken Kibo, who's a childhood friend of mine. He's a multiple Emmy Award winning documentary producer, and we are extremely fortunate to be able to <laughs> enlist his services for, for book trailers. Yeah. So um, Yeah, but
1: Chris is, his book is excellent. So yeah. it really reads like a thrill thriller yeah. about his heroin journey and
0: everything. You know, and and in what is going to be a, a a new announcement right now, we have mm-hmm. we have just opened a Word Journey's publishing wing and our uh and our, and our first book is, we're getting ready to drop Patrick O'Brien's fantastic memoir mm-hmm. of his spiritual journeys and adventures in the 60s and 70s with the coolest title ever. The Adventures of Cosmic Lovejoy, EXP. And the EXP is for experience. For expanding. Expanding. Now, expanding. Yeah, oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, expanding experience. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Same thing. Kind of. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that, book, that book will be out the end of June. Um, and it's it's a great read I mean if uh, especially for people of a certain age like me it uh, it really and and even for younger readers if you want to see what our society was like when it was really free Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's precisely the time period in which this book is. Yeah, set. younger
1: people who are really just yearning to kind of find that sort of connection, the spiritual, connect, spiritual connections that he's talking about. I mean, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent
0: read. And he Patrick's is. just a really nice guy, and he's very friendly and engaging, and that shows up in his writing. It's mm-hmm. a fantastic book, and we're so honored to be helping him on his publishing mm-hmm. journey. Absolutely. Um, later in the summer, we're gonna be we're gonna switch gears a lot, and we're gonna um, we're gonna be. Releasing uh, businessman Prakash Baskar's fine debut, mm-hmm. *The Entrepreneur*. Prakash has a long career as a systems engineer, and uh, really, uh, he puts together teams all over the world mm-hmm. for whatever the project is, and he, he masterminds the team, teams. And he—he—he's he mas- the mastermind. And this book is for everyone who seeks to increase their value and performance within the companies they work. That's an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is when you set out and start your own small business. Mm-hmm. An entrepreneur is using those exact same skills, but you're while being employed within a company. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's a it's a talent and an asset unto itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um and then as we move towards Labor Day, we're gonna switch gears quite <laughs> dramatically again. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for quite the techie dystopian novel, Traceless which is okay. the first of several forthcoming books from Paul, by Paul Burbowski, who's from Southern California. And, and we're, just starting, we're just starting to work with Paul right now. And he's, he's a fabulous guy with an mm-hmm. incredible imagination. And, and this book kind of left our jaws dropping, to be honest. I would say so, which yes. is what, Which is obviously what, if you're, if you're a, an author, that's what you want the reaction to be from your publisher. You want their jaw to drop. Because then you know they're going to be emotionally and financially and otherwise engaged in the book and they're gonna help you make it as a writer.
2: I, I love that takey feel, like, I don't know why, but just the title gave me a Tron vibe.
0: Yeah, hashtag Traceless. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting, very edgy book. Somewhat dark, I would say, some yeah. dark elements. So okay. it's, uh, it's definitely nail biting, read.
0: And finally, when what is gonna be in a, an epic summer of 2021, when finally when we all start getting depressed because it's coming to an end, um, <laughs> The long-awaited sequel to my my book Rights mm-hmm. of Life, Rights of Life Two, um, is going to be published by Open Books Press, and that will be co-written by myself and also by Melissa Jenkins, who's our chief editor here at Word Journeys.
1: Exactly.
0: So, well, yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> it's <laughs> worth noting. It's been yeah, a couple easy. of years yeah. since I brought out one of my own books, so it's this will be the really, really fun. It's yeah.
2: Quite the and, yeah. And speaking of your own book, we we we, we, we can re say it again, your, uh, voices in the, the J- Japanese got sent. And that, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, when
1: we were the boys. The oh, boys. not voices.
2: I'm sorry. When we were the boys. Yeah. Right, right, sorry. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that just, yeah, we just got that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, in voices, I mean, I'll just show oh, this yeah. cause this is my all time, one of my greatest signings. Um, mm-hmm. you know, voices came out, um, four years ago last week and it, the, the big launch signing, though, was in, was in June, of course, in nice. that summer. Mm-hmm. And it was at the Hate Street Fair in San Francisco. Um, the book set on, in Hate ashbury in the mm-hmm. 60s, that's where it starts. So I, so I, so I went to the 50th anniversary uh, fair, or it was the 40th anniversary of the Hate Street Fair, but it's 50-year anniversary of the Summer mm-hmm. of Love. And there were 50,000 people there. There was another author there, Pamela Johnson, who has a great trilogy set entirely in the 60s right. and 70s. And so Pam, um, I was sitting there with all my books, and Pam came up to me and asked me if um, I would like to, you know, share her booth with mm-hmm. her. And I, I, I mean, I just blew through three boxes oh, of books yes. like that. <laughs> um, it was, and, and plus to ha- you know, to, to be able to, to be able to, to launch a book, have your launch signing at the very place where the roots of the book mm-hmm. are, it's just a really special, okay. uh, serendipitous yeah. thing. Um, and and, Stevie
1: May. I just want to throw this out there. Stevie May end up being a guest also Stevie on here, Salas, and that's right? also just kind of further illustrates the, the uh, you know level of diversity that we have as far as people yes. that are coming on the podcast is concerned. Yeah. so far we have had quite a few, we've spanned yeah. majority of genres, I would say. And you know, to our
0: we, to our audience, I would say this is what ha- this is what happens when. When a bunch of writers um, get together and they get all stoked about summer and books at the same time, it just it pretty free for all. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> okay, so now that we've talked about our shop, um, Alexa, I believe you have some um, you have some things you want to talk about. Yeah, just
1: Alex. a little bit because every now and then on this podcast, we tend to read quotes, and I know on Instagram we do post um, quite a few quotes posts. Uh, pretty frequently from prolific authors that uh, can really resonate, you know, whether you are a seasoned author yourself or an aspiring one. So one quote that I did run across the other day that really resonated with me is by um, Dominic Dunn, and it is, the best advice on writing was given to me by my first editor, um, Michael of Simon & Schuster, very lucky there, uh, while writing my first book, finish your first draft and then we'll talk. He said, it took me a long time to realize how good the advice was. But even if you write it wrong, write and finish your first draft. Only then, when you have a flawed hole, do you know what you have to fix. And that is a quote that just really resonated with me because like when I was younger, you know, starting out, and we're talking years and years ago because I've had two books published and I'm in the process of publishing another, which is, uh, you know, medieval fantasy, um, the other two were nonfiction, but uh, like I said, just to stress that when I was younger, in particular, I did have trouble doing that. Where I would obsess over a chapter, I would write a chapter. You know, obviously have the plot lined out and everything. And I feel like a lot of writers, especially just starting out, do have that trouble. Where they'll go back, they'll write a chapter, then they sit there and get stuck on it and obsess over the one chapter and go back and edit it and tweak this and tweak that. Yeah. And really, I feel like this this is a quote in particular. Like I said, that I ran across um, recently, and it's one that I ran across years ago that actually kind of inspired me. To just push forward and uh, go through and write that entire manuscript even if you're not satisfied with it you know take that first step and that first step is the big one is to write the manuscript write the entire thing go back and edit it and uh, flesh out every detail um, you know you may end up changing a lot of things don't completely marry yourself to what you you know end up with but that's just of vast importance I feel like that's what keeps a lot of um, what would otherwise be great and monumental stories from even being read, or being finished, much less being read. So That's just something I wanted to throw out there that I feel like probably a lot of aspiring authors, especially friends of mine that I've known in my literary circles, are still dealing with today, you know, and just kind of have to crack a whip and say, finish the manuscripts and then go yeah. you know, from there. So
0: well well that's where a lot of writing dreams and story dreams go to die is in exactly. first draft. And the reason 100%. why, like you said, is the writers don't finish them. Exactly. We get we write a chapter and we get caught up in mm-hmm. editing. And I, I tell everybody that I work with mm-hmm. write the first draft. Yeah. Yes. You know um I mean even if you don't like Stephen Stephen King um mm-hmm. Stephen King calls them shitty first drafts. Anne, La- mm-hmm. Anne Lamott says you'd never let it leave the closet. No. And these are best selling, multiple, well, especially Stephen mm-hmm. King, but Anne Lamott too. These are great, great <laughs> authors. And the point is okay. the whole point of a first draft is this story is living in your head, mm-hmm. and it's dying to be told. And it's never going to be told if you don't stick it down on yeah. paper.
1: Make progress, then worry about perfecting it. Yeah,
0: and then, because really when the first draft, you know, and I, for me personally, <laughs> I love writing first draft because then I feel like a kid playing in the sandbox. Exactly. I mean, it's you play time. It's total play time. You can yes. go off in any tangent you want. It doesn't matter as long as... You just get everything down on paper. Once it's down on paper, mm-hmm. then worry about how uh, shaping it, sculpting it, editing it, making it into its final you,
1: form. Yeah, then you can worry about the plot points, character yeah. arcs, so forth. So if you have a mind, flesh it all out.
2: And that's you can the worry, same way worry about structuring it with, with uh, a video. Like I, 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 I may be weird on how I do my stuff, mm-hmm. but with the short films that I made in my past, mm-hmm. I, I, I will write down a, 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 a list of shots in which I will tell a story with but then when i had the whole list like in my head the self-doubt hits i'm Mm -hmm. like this don't look good but that's on paper Mm -hmm. i will i will go out to the location and film random shots and i Mm -hmm. i i i have no idea what the end game will be i'll get home edit those random shots and once i see it on screen Mm -hmm. uh, i'll be like those two can turn into that and this can turn into that and once those two get Mm-hmm. Put together at the end, yeah. Story. Yeah, like on, yeah, it's interesting. on yeah, paper, it's nothing, like mm-hmm. it's you got to see it in person, and mm-hmm. it helps.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes total sense, Trevor. So,
2: yeah, and and
0: but so, yeah, so so the point is, get the whole draft down, yes, because yeah. once you get the draft down, the chances of it, well, I'll put it to you this way if you have this great story in your head and you sit there and struggle or keep going over and over chapters mm-hmm. and you never get the end of the first draft done, the chances of that book becoming published are absolutely zero. Completely.
2: Zero because you Completely. never wrote the Interface first
0: draft. The true, yeah, so. true. Right. So. It's not
1: often, unless it's nonfiction at times, it's not often that you can bring an unfinished manuscript to. Right. And, you know, so. Right. But um, I also wanted to emphasize that Bob and I write on a blog pretty frequently um especially bob does but you know like i said you, you guys need to end up following us on social media because we, we do post a lot of tips tricks and everything like that so bob uh wrote a pretty compelling blog that i wanted to share a few things from if you don't mind and you can kind yeah, of elaborate yeah. on them um it was uh i believe the title of it was uh writing writing your writing goals of 2021 i think you have to get on look and uh i would recommend checking it out at bob so um, these are just a few goals that I kind of wanted to impart with everybody that Bob wrote. So, um, filling your writing space with things that inspire you—sayings, music, paintings, book, special trinkets—and a fountain or a zen garden. I really do feel like your writing space has a whole lot to do with.
0: And, and I, I think we can. I think <laughs> yes. we can give. I think we can give pretty everybody a visual example. Um, our studio set. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly what she's talking exactly,
1: about. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um. Uh. Start each writing session with 10 minutes of journaling at full speed. Don't worry about punctuation, grammar, run-on, or fragmented sentences. Just write. It's like warming up a car engine in winter. When your 10 minutes is up, switch to your computer. so <laughs> No writer's block. You'll be ready to go. I really like that analogy, so I have to share that one.
0: <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah, it does
1: work. Um, and then another one, uh, write fluidly and freely, resisting all temptation to edit sentences along the way, which kind of has to do with what we were just talking about. Um, you can do that later. Only review sentences to see what comes next. So, I'm not going to read all of them. You guys need to go in there and check it out. It's kind of uh, a bit of, a of there. Thank so, you.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, like I said, uh, just to further emphasize, keep up with us and talk uh, full information. And
2: speaking of that, one of our main sites for our podcast, uh, on uh, a- a- Anchor.com, they had, they now have an integration to where you can b- do a WordPress account built in okay. to our podcast site. Okay. So, maybe in the next week or two, a couple of days, we mm-hmm. can integrate that into our that podcast that's perfectly. a great idea yeah. that would be a yeah. good idea yeah. so
1: well that's all I have okay so
2: <laughs> well this, the, this show the show
0: keeps moving right along so we're and we're almost believe it or not I mean I'm just alright well we've just been given a signal by our producer for the day Aaron James that we're almost out of time yep. which is really hard to believe because I felt like I think I feel like we started five minutes like ago <laughs> but that's what happens I'm when you, you get I'm writers saying. in a room talking about writing especially <laughs> when you bring in a creative producer time flies yeah. Um, so, anyways, we'd like to close the show as we always do with our chart toppers the top five combined um, print and ebook um, selling fiction and nonfiction books as, as posted on the New York Times. Okay.
1: So, I will read the combined print and ebook nonfiction. Fiction. Uh, number one is The Anthropocene Review by John Green, so new this week. Number two is Zero Fail by Carol Lanning. Uh, new this week, also number three is Killing the Mom by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. Uh, three weeks on the list. Number four is Noise by Daniel Kahneman and uh, Oliver Sibony and Cass R. Sunstein. I mean, butchered the pronunciation there, and I do apologize. Number five is What Happened to You by Bruce D. Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Four weeks on the list currently, and that is a really excellent book that I would highly recommend checking out. That I've just seen thus far. So
0: okay, yeah. and then the um, on the on the fiction list. I mean, these are great books. I'm just like mm-hmm. wow. Number one, The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Laura Dave. It's three weeks on the list, and this book. Uh, this is one of those books where you're gonna you're gonna be sitting there with your mouth open when you get done with it. It's that good. It's amazing, and very heart, very emotional. Um, number two is Sully by John Grisham mm-hmm. and, and the great the great legal thriller writer. Um, number three is Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, who's the author of The Martian. Mm-hmm. So this is his next this big book since first big book since the, the Martian, and and it's written typical Andy Weir style. It's just it's really
1: good. <laughs> it it's is, technical. It is excellent.
2: Yeah. Is that the same as the movie that came out a couple years ago? Yes, that's oh, okay. The Martian. Yeah, gotcha. That starred yeah. Matt Damon. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, number
0: four, and this always seems to show up in summertime where the crawdads sing by Delia Owens. This is one of the greatest books ever about the South. I believe it feels, I feel like Delia could have easily belonged in the same, uh, in the same a hundred years ago with William Faulkner and
1: it does feel very authentic. You know,
0: yeah. And, 100%. and, uh, Carson McCullers and that whole group. She's mm-hmm. a, she's that high level. Yeah. This book has been on the list now for two and a half years, 131 weeks. Um, (laughs) number five is 21st birthday the newest book by James Patterson who's writing along with Maxine Pietro and that's been on the list for three weeks
1: yep so anyways well thank you guys for joining us on Front Page Pass brought to you by Word Journeys if you didn't know that already so we will see you guys next time and uh, this is a blast I really enjoyed it so and before
0: we go Um, we want to talk about our next week's guest because she's a special one Dr. Gail Notelaine Randall she's the author of Mm -hmm. Soul Doctrine which is in the process of of being published and um, Dr. Randall is um, she's a medical futurist and a visionary Mm -hmm. and she's been on top of you know the whole big thing right now is uh, is integrative medicine, plant based eating, et cetera, and stuff. She was doing that forty years ago. In fact, she was she was part of the very first integrative medicine mm-hmm. facility in the United States that was held at, the, at UCLA Medical Center. Um, she's fascinating, a great storyteller, and a
1: joy to be around as well. She a joy to be like
0: around, and her, her wisdom is really unparalleled. Um, I've, had the, I've had the pleasure of knowing her in mm-hmm. many roles, I mean friend, doc, physician, <laughs> mentor, uh, I've been her writing coach, I, in fact I worked heavily on um, soul doctoring, but I've known her for over 20 years. <laughs> We're looking forward to a fabulous conversation with her, um, and I might add she has, two, she has a great podcast <laughs> called um, Soul Stories, soul Stories. Mm-hmm. And, and then she, every Friday night she's on Instagram TV. Uh, at uh, 6 o'clock pacific time
1: and she really has priceless wisdom and she you know years and years ago before a lot of the holistic approach and just things that she studies now that people you know turn to avidly um, she was preaching about and talking about back then when people just turned their nose up at it now they're like oh well you know yeah. it turns out it really works
0: and then two <laughs> other guests I'll tell you about that so. are coming in the future are uh, the lady I mentioned at the very beginning of the show 10 time Amazon mm-hmm. uh, number one best-selling children's book author Sherry Fink yes. Kent and her husband, Derek Kent, who's, who's, also, who's a YA best-selling author. I mean, these, this is a husband and wife team that I can tell you right now, when they go to the LA Times Festival of Books, where 150,000 people are over two days, their booth is absolutely always one of the most crowded. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're amazing. They're amazing. And we're going to have them on. I'm not quite sure when, but they're going to be on in the future. Also coming in June is, is uh, award-winning memoirist David Reed. Who, um, who's one, who's who's was published by Acorn Books mm-hmm. like uh, like Chris Riddell was, exactly. and I and I had the pleasure of helping David years ago with uh, early iteration of his memoir. Um, it's a great book, and it's going to be awesome to talk to David totally again because it's been a while for me. So, um, anyways, that's what's coming up on Front
2: Page Pass. All
1: right, thank you guys. Now I will officially send you all off. <laughs> all right,
2: don't forget to you. like and subscribe and everything else like that. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you very
0: much. Have a good day, everyone. See you.